Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.podomatic.com. Hello and welcome to this Christmas episode of Luke's English Podcast. Now, today I'm joined once again by my brother James. Hello, James. Hello. And today we're going to tell you all about what a typical Christmas is for most people in the UK. The UK? Well... Yes, yeah, so I suppose we're specifically southern England. You know, there are slightly different traditions around the UK, such as Scotland may do things slightly differently, up north of England, things. So I suppose we, we, we can only really claim to represent southern England. Or like London. To be honest, really, I think we can only really talk for ourselves. For ourselves. So mainly what we're going to do in this episode is just tell you about what Christmas really means to us. But I suppose it is fairly... Typical of English and British people. That's true. Absolutely right. Um, so we're going to tell you about a typical Christmas for us here in London, in England, in Britain, in the UK, in Europe, in the world, etc. Right. And also we're going to teach you along the way, we're going to teach you bits of vocabulary and expressions that relate to Christmas and New Year and all the things and celebrations and um, various aspects of Christmas. Okay, so uh, cultural stuff and a bit of uh, vocab in the process. Okay. Yeah, so how are you, f- how are you doing? <clears throat> I'm okay, I've got a bit of a cold, uh, but I'm fine. My vo- Ah, that flimmin' phone, I bet that's a cold caller. Luke's just gone to answer the phone. This is a sometimes a common thing. Hello, in... Luke's English podcast. No. Yes, very common thing. People get hold of your phone number through the telephone directory and they phone you up trying to sell you stuff or sometimes it's just a robotic voice trying to sell you something. Very annoying and very little you can do about it. That was a robot voice then. Mm. It said, hello, this is an important recorded message for Luke Thompson. And so immediately I knew it was um, a cold caller. Yeah, it's borderline illegal, although... <laughs> it, it's very annoying. It's very annoying. It's, it's well into the annoying category, yeah. We, we call it cold calling because it's a way for companies to just call someone without any um, warning. Without any previous interaction. So a sort of a warm contact would be if they'd already answered a, um, a questionnaire saying they wish to receive more information. But yeah. in this instance, he hadn't been asked. No. So that's why it's a cold call. Because they're just calling you without any previous contact at all. Uh, cold call, which is ironic, because when the phone rang, you were just telling everyone... That I had a cold. That you had a cold. Different meaning of cold. Cold is just a... Uh, well, I guess it's the same all around the world. A mild, mild flu. Yeah, it's like a, a virus that goes round yeah. and uh, everyone kind of catches it. Because people always say, oh yeah, there's a cold going round. 
um, you know, it, it goes it around. That means that, you know, um, it passes from person Especially to person. Especially in a place like London where you have very con- tight concentration of people on public transport and mm. um, colds and minor diseases can... That sounds disgusting, <laughs> but sorry, minor it's true. Diseases. Minor diseases can spread quite easily through the handrails and the shared air that you get underground. Yeah, so right. it's a common thing in London to get colds quite a lot. Basically... The London Underground is just a... A breeding ground for disease and infection. A breeding ground for disease and infection. So there you go. Some people say this podcast is too positive. So there we go. We've given you a negative there. My brother believes that sometimes in this podcast, I just... I'm too positive about things. I don't agree. I think that you haven't really listened to many of the episodes. No, I've hardly listened to any of them, to be honest. Yeah, you haven't even listened to the episodes that you're in. No, I haven't. It was too embarrassing. And I did say urine. I didn't say urine there. Good. I, we Good. don't ever mention urine on the show <laughs> until this house. until now. That's, <laughs> let's let's get to the point. Can I just explain what happened there? Sometimes in English, words can sound like other words, right? Like if you say the word "your," meaning you are, and "in," you are in, right? It can sound a bit like the word "urine," right? Urine, yeah. urine. It's not a very good joke, but some examples of this work better than others. I don't like think that's really a joke. It's more just a coincidence. It's a double meaning. Urine. So you could, for in, I've, I don't know if I should say this, if I were to offer you a coffee. Go on. I could say you for coffee. Like you for coffee as a question, like you for coffee, but it also sounds like a rude word. It sounds a little bit like a, you go you, and you, do something you for coffee you for coffee you fuck off <laughs> okay okay, you okay. For coffee. i think they get it yeah sorry about that anyway so you haven't really even listened to the episodes that you're in have you don't tell me to fuck off at this point <laughs> <laughs> right enough swearing i think we should delete that bit let's get down to business and talk about christmas shall okay we? okay but we're both before we do that, we're both suffering from ever so slight colds. That's I, why we sound sort of slightly uh, bunged up. There's a phrase for bunged, you, bunged up. Bunged up. I will I'll write this down. I've, I must write down. So we write down cold call. Yeah, okay. Bunged up. Urine. Not, <laughs> no, not that one. Uh, I should write it down. Cold call, bunged up. Bunged up. That just means blocked up nose. You for coffee... We're not going to do that. I don't we? know. I might write it down anyway. Urine. Things not to say urine. in a business meeting, <laughs> for instance. You don't lean over to the managing director and say, you for coffee? That would be unless, a, a uh, social faux pas, which is French. A faux pas. <laughs> it is. A faux pas is a, a French word. And some English phrases are just literally a French phrase, which we quite like the sound of and have been picked up over the years and accepted as English phrases. Yeah. For instance, cliché, okay. uh, faux pas. Yeah. Um, a cul-de-sac. Yeah. It's true. It's cul-de-sac, cul-de-sac. Wait, 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 wait. What is, first of all, what is a faux pas? What is a cliché? And what is a cul-de-sac? What's a faux pas? Well, it's a French word. Fake. Faux means fake, doesn't it? Maybe. I don't know what the, ori- I don't the original. I don't know what the literal. I don't know what the literal means. thing means. We're, we're very. We're embarrassing. If you know, write it in the comments. I'm underneath. sure we've got loads. I've got loads of listeners who speak French who can yeah. tell us exactly what faux pas means in French. But in English, a it faux just pas, means a minor mistake. It's a social mistake. A social mistake. Yeah. So, for example, if um, you what if for example if you go to a, a business meeting, 
and you um, are wearing trainers and you're wearing sports shoes trainers sneakers pumps <laughs> that kind of thing to uh, a, a business meeting where you should be dressed in a formal way that would be a faux pas yes. like a social mistake okay correct next one was um, a cliche another French word it's because we don't have a literal translation for that in English so we use the French which means a cliche a uh, uh, a kind of <clears throat> It's very hard to explain welcome without the to, French welcome word. Welcome to my job. Um, it's very hard to explain without using the French. I think um, a cliche is something which has happened many, many, many times and to the point which it's now become really sort of uh, predictable and um, not, not even necessarily true. Slightly so, embarrassingly obvious, maybe. Obvious, or predictable. Of, it's been repeated many times. So, for instance, a cliche would be an English bloke swigging lager with an England top on, shout, watching the football. So that's a cultural cliche. A cultural cliche. Which is very similar to a stereotype. It is. That's the word I was looking for. It's similar to a stereotype, but it doesn't just have to fit a person. It could fit yeah. a, a style or a... Usually stereotypes describe a type of person, don't mm. they? Like uh, the German stereotype, um, the American stereotype, mm. French stereotype. And all the best stereotypes have an element of truth in them as well obviously yeah yeah like the english stereotype there's two english stereotypes for me one is that we're very posh um stuck up um kind of uh, gentlemen drinking tea wearing bowler hats and being very posh and going oh my dear my good man um that kind of thing mm. which you know the americans love that kind of english stereotype but the other stereotype is is a football hooligan yeah. somebody going whoa right and, and I, th- I think actually most english people have both a bit of both yeah they can be very reserved and polite and oh sorry but on the other hand, they can, if they have they a few drinks... They can be quite drinks, ignorant and stupid. They become ignorant and stupid. And I include myself in that, unfortunately. Yeah. I think I think you're more hooligan than gentleman, and I'm maybe <laughs> more gentleman than hooligan. But it so depends. you like to think. I don't know, I don't know if it's true. It depends. Sometimes you're more gentlemanly, gentlemanly than I am, and sometimes... I don't watch football, I'd like to point that out. I don't follow a team. I'd never drink lager. How many times have you had a fight in your life? Physical, a physical fight? A few. But I, they really asking for it. <laughs> <laughs> well... That's not true. That's I haven't true. really had, had... I've never actually had a physical yeah, fight. Yeah, but you don't, it's not like you drink tea in the Ritz every day, is it? No. Anyway, let's get to Christmas before okay. we start well, arguing. A faux pas, a cliche. The other one I, I just think we should deal with is a cul-de-sac. A cul-de-sac is basically a road which um, you can't... What is it? A road that has no end? With no... With no... It's not a following through road. It's it's just a road with no through passage, so... We're so bad at English. Never mind. (laughs) doesn't matter. It's difficult to explain things sometimes. Mm. So a cul-de-sac is one of those roads where when you drive to the end, you have to stop and turn round because that road doesn't continue to another road. So it's like a cul-de-sac means like end of a bag in French, I think. The end of the bag. But in France, they don't use the word... They don't use the expression... to describe a cul-de-sac. Yeah, they don't use the expression cul-de-sac. Interesting. Um, They use it for something else. I think it's a sort of posh... Well, faux posh word. See, that's French again. Faux. A faux posh word given to sort of slightly run-down 
housing areas to make them sound more posh? Because Or is that just my cultural um, snobbery? I think in England, when we use French words, it's often used in quite a posh way. Yeah. Like the, the French things are often considered to be quite posh and um, yeah. high Sophis- quality. Sophisticated. sophisticated we see right. the French as being sophisticated. So when we say cul-de-sac, we think that sounds very sophisticated, where actually in French it just means the bottom of a bag. Yeah. and, and That's irony. And... Is it? <laughs> I don't and, know. Um, and also, basically, cul-de-sac is um, a road. I still can't explain what cul-de-sac is. We'll just drive down one, and if you get to the end and there's just the end, the road and you have to ends. turn round, that's a cul-de-sac. Yeah, it's usually like a housing estate. A little something. housing estate, yeah. yeah. Okay, right, this is meant to be about Christmas. I know. It's all right, it doesn't matter. We can, they're learning, as long as they're learning. Yeah, exactly, and... And uh, my listeners are always desperate for more content. Are they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they are. Really? Every, yeah, every day I get emails from people. What, saying, saying I can improve your size of your penis, Viagra for sale, things like that? Well, yeah, but also <laughs> I get lots of emails from listeners who say things like, by the way, listeners, what my brother just said was an attempt at humour. You might not have realised... Everybody gets those emails, no, 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 it's fine. They, they might not have realised that that was a joke. That was a joke. That was meant to He's be a got joke. Him. Just don't, talk, don't mention <coughs> okay, my private okay, parts. Okay, okay, My brother's got this disease, it's called um, a sense of humour. Um, it's an English thing. We're all, we're all, we're all suffering from it <laughs> on this island. That sounds a bit... Something. Um... So, anyway, we were supposed to be talking about Christmas. Okay, right? Christmas. Um, we are, can I just point out, sitting right next to a small but beautifully formed Christmas tree. And if I do this... Yeah. Those are, those are Luke's baubles jangling, mm-hmm. which are small silver and red balls which hang off the Christmas tree. I'm sure you're familiar with them. They're they, decorations. They're, they're popular the world over. James is now describing the Christmas tree, which um, is decorating my apartment because it's December. And at this time of year, it's traditional for people to purchase um, a a Christmas tree. I think that's pretty common the world over. Yeah, I think it is too. And it's a small little fir tree because it's a very small flat. It's a very small tree. Yeah. That's one of the things about living in London. Everywhere's small. We've got some of the smallest accommodation in, well, I'm sure certainly Europe and certainly America. I don't know, I don't know. Well, we've we've got the smallest accommodation in no, America. Well, well, no. As far as I know, compared Britain's to America, not in America. Compared to America, or oh, compared to the rest of Europe as well, London oh. because of the density of people uh, of of what am I trying to say? What you're trying to say is that our our living accommodation is quite limited, generally small and expensive. But that's not not to do with Christmas. <clears throat> and a result of that, I have to buy a small Christmas tree. Yeah, yeah. Um, Right, so the Christmas tree is decorated with things like tinsel. Tinsel, that's a Christmas phrase, you can write tinsel, that down. Tinsel, okay, I'm going to write that down. Which is, a sort of, I'm sure you know it, it's a sort of uh, synthetic foil decoration which is comes in the form of a sort of long string, glittery string stuff. That's right, and also some baubles, which are the other kind of decoration which hang. They're like those, those coloured uh, silver or red or gold, shiny balls which hang from the branches of your Christmas tree uh, baubles Um, these are key pieces of Christmas vocab okay Um, let's move on right so what's Christmas all about for you James what have you got planned for Christmas for me it's about family why are you saying it in that voice because that was a sort of cliched East End 
um, London voice. And EastEnders, EastEnders, there's also a TV programme called EastEnders, which you could watch for a bit of East End lingo. EastEnders. EastEnders, put that down. I, have, and, I think um, I've mentioned EastEnders yeah, before. But they all talk like this because they're proper cockneys. They're all geese, they're cockney geese. They're geezers you know I mean? and geezesses, and they're then all... they're like, and their main thing that they're interested in is family. It's Your family, about... son. Your family. You've got to look after the family, you know what I mean? Which is a lovely to, thing. When it comes to Christmas time, yeah, you've got to get the family back together. And there's a slight implication that the family is some kind of criminal organisation yeah. as well, usually. This, this, this thing we're talking about, EastEnders, it's a soap opera which is set in the East End of London, mm. which is traditionally the kind of working class area of London. It's a very old, old working class part, and it's 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 changed a bit these days. It's quite fashionable to live there now, but you still get enclaves. There's another French word. Enclaves. Is that a French know. word? I don't know. I, don't, um, I think it's just it's, an English word. Let's it's, it's Latin anyway, isn't it? Is it? Bound to be. Um Enclaves, we say. Enclaves. I say enclaves. Okay, you say it wrong. Anyway, enclaves are very <laughs> I mean, old working-class I mean, families that have lived there for years. Although, obviously, Britain, being a sort of dynamic place, it has changed. But uh, oh, London, rather. Anyway, uh, wait EastEnders. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa! We whoa. should talk wait about EastEnders. Just because... hold on a second. Just slow it right down. I know you've had two cups of tea. <laughs> the caffeine is going to your head. Look, just chill out a little bit, okay? This is Luke's English podcast you're listening to, right? And I, as Luke, I'm the English teacher here. Just going to slow it down a little bit here, all right? All right, all right. Um, enclaves. These are like what little part, little areas in in town where you could say pockets. That's an English way of saying it. A pocket of something. Basically, it's like an enclave is a community. It's a small community in in the city. It Not is necessarily an enclave. Could be enclave. Okay, I'll go with your explanation. Yeah. It's a yeah. small pocket of a community. It's a, commu- it's a community. Well, I think you could say an enclave could mean... Enclave. Uh, it doesn't have to relate to people. You could say enclaves of, you know, na- of greenery or I don't know. Let's move on. I'm the English teacher. I'm going to call okay. superiority on this one. I think you pronounce it enclave and I would describe it as a small community within a city, for example. Like, for example, the area that I live in, this this local area is like an, an enclave because there's like local cafes and supermarkets and, and, and things like that. So it's an enclave, an enclave, in fact. It's enclave. We, we'll check it out in the dictionary. Okay. Uh, I'll check it out for sure and we'll find out later on. So anyway, we still haven't started talking about Christmas. We're nearly 20 minutes into the Ouch. episode. What would you mean? Out? Well, it seems like a long time. Doesn't matter. The people, the people want to listen to more rather than less. Trust me. Okay. They're not ten minutes. They'll be like only ten minutes. So let's get back to where I started from. For me, forgetting about EastEnders, which you should check out if you want a bit of uh, social realism, because EastEnders is a bit less glossy than some sitcoms. It's a bit more down to earth and a bit grittier. Down to earth, gritty, Down to earth, gritty. God, all this language. We should deal with this now. Um, down to earth just means um, like realistic. Um, Humble, not arrogant. Yeah, 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 yeah. Down to earth. We'd use down to earth to describe a person who sort of has uses common sense. Um, they don't, um, they're not uh, very... Um, 
what's the word for pretentious. it? Pretentious. Pretentious. So they're, they're, they're sort of normal. Grounded. Grounded. Both feet are on the ground. They're just like sort of level-headed, common sense kind of person, down to earth. They don't get carried away with themselves. and They're not overly emotional or pretentious. They're kind of like down to earth. So like, Solid. Like, yeah, like my mate Dave is pretty down to earth guy. Yeah, he's a solid guy. Because you say, all right, Dave, and, go, and Dave just speaks in common sense. He's, he's sensible. He's, he's under control. All right, Dave. All right, Luke. How's it going? I'm fine, thanks. What have you been up to, Dave? Oh, just this and that. I've been at work. I've been doing my job. Been looking after the kids. You know what I mean? You've got to look after the family, right? So Dave is, is down to earth. Now, EastEnders, this soap opera, is quite a down to earth program because mm. it deals with just ordinary people's lives. It's not about sort of uh, emotional or artistic concepts. It's not about oil barons living in Texas or Dallas, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's not set on a space station. No. It's not Doctor Who. It's not no. about sort of time travel. It's about ordinary working class people that live in a small square. Yes. So it's kind of down to earth. Okay, what was the other phrase? I don't remember because um, I didn't get a chance to write it down. But I, um, I guess some of those um, you know, keen do. E- English learners will just have to try and rewind okay, so and pick get, that one up. So let's get back to Christmas. Okay, all right. So then, as far as I'm concerned, Christmas is... When, when does Christmas begin? Well, I was going to talk about Christmas being about family. Well, yeah, okay. Christmas I just wanted about- to sort of say that a bit more. Christmas... Is very commercial these days, and there's a lot of pressure to buy lots of expensive presents. And uh, there's a lot of I'm not particularly religious, so for me, the the main thing I like about the Christmas period is going home to see my mum and dad, see my brother Luke, see my uncles and aunts, and my granddad, and just see the family with no other reason except just to relax, eat some nice food, drink some nice wine and see my family, people that I care about. Yeah, essentially, it's all about family. It? It's all about family. Yeah, okay. Um, so, I agree, I totally agree with that. I mean, there's obviously this religious um, aspect to it. It's about, you know, the birth of Jesus Christ and all or, that stuff. Or whatever. Or, and all that kind of thing. <laughs> but, um, I don't know, really. That I think even before Christianity came along, there was, was a... There was was a there was a big festival. A midwinter festival. Yeah, it's the winter festival. Mm. Just like the way that Easter is the spring festival, um, Christmas is the winter festival, and it happens right in the centre of winter when the when the, the days are very short and it's cold and dark outside. You get together with your family, uh, your friends or whatever, and you eat like a big meal, which will help you to sort of get through the rest of winter. Um, so it's the winter festival. Then, and of it's course, also a kind of time to celebrate the year that's gone by and look forward to the new year. Yeah, it coincides with New Year. at the start of a new year. So it's a kind of cycle of life. Yeah. And the winter is, yeah, it's just a good time to sit around indoors and around a big fire and sort of take stock. That's a phrase. Take stock. Take stock of the year. Well, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Take, okay, stock. In a, if you work in a shop, um, all of the products that you step that you sell, all the products that you sell, you keep them in the warehouse, and that is your stock, yes. right? So it's like all the products that you have in your warehouse that you can sell in your shop, and that's known as your stock, right? So every time you sell stuff, you've got to buy new stock and put it into your warehouse, and then put it onto the shelves in your store stock, right? Now every probably about every month. Or regularly, 
in a shop, you have to take stock. And that means you count all of the stock which you have in your shop, right? And it's a way of, for example, calculating exactly what you have in your stock, right? And so, make sure no one's stealing from you. Yeah, make sure you're not losing anything or so you know exactly what you've got. Yeah. Um, now, the expression to take stock also can be used to just refer to... Your life. Yeah, accounting for all of the aspects of your life. So at Christmas, you have a little holiday and maybe at New Year, you take stock. You think about everything that you've done during the year. You have a look at your life and you think, all right, where am I? What's going on? What can I? What should I do in the future? And of course, at New Year, you come up with um, a New Year's resolution, don't you? Which is um, something which is like a promise to yourself, which you will then keep next year. And it's usually something like, I'm going to give up smoking or I'm going to learn French or something like that. I'm right? going to travel more. Or I'm going to travel more. I'm going to drink less in Luke's case oh yeah right although he never quite manages it yeah sure <laughs> I think <laughs> I think you're talking about yourself there actually no okay let's move on uh, uh, Christmas um, one thing I wanted to say when you're younger as a yeah. child to be honest the most thing you get excited about is presents and at Christmas like I'm sure the rest of the world you exchange presents but when you're a child, you get very, very excited because you yeah. think you're going to get the new Star Wars set or you think you're going to get a new bike. Mm. And um, it's very exciting. And as you get older, you kind of start to realise that's not the most important thing. You know, the most important thing is the people around you. But when you're a child, if I'm very honest, I used to get very excited about new stuff. Yeah. Um, Could you sleep at night when you were a kid? No. And that leads us on to Father Christmas, Santa Claus, which is another universal thing. Santa Claus. It's Santa. Um, I think in America they call him Santa Claus, and I think in the UK we tend to call him Father, Father Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. Um, well, either will do. But we do say Santa Claus. Now, we don't say we? Santa, 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 Santa Claus. We should be careful not to joke about the Americans too much. Yeah, we 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 like or anyone him. else. Yeah, I don't know what they say in Australia. Yeah, mate. Uh, yeah, mate. The Santa Claus you, is you coming. You're going to dress up as Cena? Cena? I, I can't do it. Cena? I can't do the Australian accent very well. What about New Zealand? New Zealand? They, they like Senna. <laughs> <laughs> That's rubbish. <laughs> That's the worst Kiwi accent I've ever heard. Um, anyway, let's enough so, of the cultural stereotypes. Did you um, do, do you think there's anything strange about Santa Claus or Father Christmas? Do what, you, a big massive guy with a big white beard creeping into your bedroom late at night mm. being driven by a herd of magic reindeer to take presents and put them in your sock which hangs at the end of your bed then drink a glass of shand uh shandy no a cherry Brandy. eat a mince pie and then fly off to do ev not to do sorry to do the same thing for every child in the world all in one night yes no that sounds perfectly reasonable i mean it's um pretty odd the, th the weird thing and i've mentioned this before in this podcast for me about santa is that idea that in the middle of the night when you're asleep there has been like a big old fat gray-haired bearded drunk <laughs> hanging around in your bedroom but in luke's case that was true because well, it, was, it was my dad you know? <laughs> our dad yeah and because he I mean, was he no let's be fair he wasn't that fat <laughs> but he definitely had a beard and he was probably a bit drunk uh, because it was uh, Christmas because it was Christmas normal. Eve and that's yeah. fine and that's we, they, they know about Santa we don't yeah, need to tell them about Santa do you Santa. remember when um, you learnt that Father Christmas was, was not uh, not real 
Yes, I do. And it was a note left by Santa. Santa one, left one a Christ- note. Santa left a note. Um, what did it say? Ho, by- ho, ho. Yes, it did. Hello, James. It's signed. <laughs> I noticed that you ordered a BMX for Christmas, and unfortunately, I can't afford to buy you one. <laughs> so I hope that this small Kinder Egg will do in place. Ho, 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 ho. No, it wasn't quite like that. Um, it was a note saying, uh, Merry Christmas, love from Santa and Rudolph. And there was a sort of little note from Rudolph. There was a crumb left from the mince pie we left out. What's a crumb? Just one crumb. What's it's a, a small chunk of pastry or other food which is left on your plate when so you've finished eating. A crumb, a small little tiny piece of food. Tiny little piece of food. So you get a crumb if you eat a biscuit. <laughs> you might get a little crumb of the biscuit left. You also, if you eat a cookie, because that's American, a cookie, right? Mommy, can I have some cookies? Can, can we have some more cookies, Mommy, please? <laughs> no, because you're morbidly obese. Yeah. So if you eat a biscuit or a cookie, you might get crumbs left. If you eat toast, you might get crumbs left on the plate. Would they know about crumbs? They don't That's... necessarily know. I'm the English teacher here. I'm the qualified professional, 10 years of teaching experience. All right. Then I think I know when my my listeners know what a crumb is or not. Well, they do now. I expect that they probably didn't know what a crumb was until they listened to this. So Well, I'm glad your psychic abilities are kicking in right now. It's called professional experience. <laughs> it's not psychic ability. All right, skip to the end. Right, so a crumb. So basically... There was a sat- note, a fun- note as well. Put down notes. A, so they a, know what a note all is. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there was a note from Santa saying, thanks for the mince pie. And the thing is, that was in my mum's handwriting. What's a mince pie? A mince pie is a traditional Christmas... Which is bloody international. They all know what a mince pie well, they know, is. We know what a pie is. It used to be made from mince meat. Uh, and in the... Oh, God. What's mince meat? In the early days, I'm going to say early days, Victorian, pre-Victorian times yeah. in Britain, what we consider savoury and sweet weren't as different. So a mince, mince meat could be both sweet and savoury. So it could have meat in it and also dried fruit, suet... Mm. You know, and that was a kind of staple food. Yeah. But now our mince meat is actually just the fruit and a bit of fat. Essentially, though, mince mince meat is like meat which has been ground up. You know, yes. like when you have bolognese, like yes. spaghetti bolognese. Yes. You use minced meat, mm. right? Um, so you're saying that these mince pies were would have once had meat in them. They would have had mince meat as well as uh, dried fruit and things like that. But now and a bit of suet, which is animal fat. Okay. But now mince pies are like little pies, and they contain they don't contain any meat anymore. No, they're sweet, and they they're contain dried fruit and sugar and maybe bits of nut. Yeah, and stuff like that. They're delicious. They're very nice. They're a t- traditional, not just English. I'm sure European. I'm sure in international yeah. uh, Christmas treat. I don't know. I don't know if they eat mince pies in, in places like... I doubt they do in China or places like that. I don't Spain, think it's an Asian dish. I don't dish. know if they in Spain or Italy or uh, I'm sure Northern Germany. Europe, though. I mean, I'm sure the Scandinavians and that... They'd like to eat a mince pie. They would like... Oh, dear. No, let's this not is just, Let's just avoid the whole <laughs> act, bad accent. Sorry no, they, about that's that. Right. The Scandinavians have a, a sense of humour. They can laugh at themselves. They would find that funny. They find that because essentially since we've just done a Dutch accent as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. 
Anyway, moving swiftly on, uh, I think it's time for you to say something, Luke. What okay. do you associate with Christmas? Okay, so we, we dealt with the mince pie thing. Well, we don't, um, well, well wait, that's, wait. hang on, hang on. That's why, that's how I knew Santa wasn't real, because the note from Santa was in my mum's handwriting, and I just, I just, I just lost it. I mean, I just started crying. No, that's not true. I'm lying. Uh, I kind of, my suspicions were aroused. And um, well, well, it was well, well, kind of a way of breaking it to me gently, I think, this, that this massive lie about Father Christmas has finally been revealed to be not true. Well, you know what I mean, yeah, a lie. I, I lost it. That means you, you just went crazy. You yeah, just, like, I didn't really. That was a joke. But lost it would mean going crazy, losing your mind. <clears throat> and losing your temper and like oh my god what's this mum why why is just father, why why is father christmas's note written in your handwriting <laughs> what the hell's going on who's the president <laughs> you know it was like that um and my suspicions were aroused that sounds very sherlock holmes but um it means it's quite an old way of saying your, your, your sense that uh, something s- was wrong something was suspicious you're like uh, you know, Watson, my suspicions have been aroused by this note written in your mother's handwriting. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Exactly. Um, okay, so my suspicions were aroused. It means that you became suspicious. Correct. Yeah, thanks. Um, okay, so so you learnt that Father Christmas wasn't real because... Let's hope there's when- no children listening. <laughs> Sorry, kids, it's your mum and dad. And if you don't have any mum and dad, it's your carer or... Uh, let's just leave it there because that's very sad. You meant you're talking about orphans, poor. Orphan I am talking children. about orphans. It happens. Poor orphan children who have nothing else to do but to listen to Luke's English podcast. Well, it's a sad story. Imagine some poor orphan child who's only the only thing he has at Christmas is an internet access <laughs> and an iPod. Oh, all I've got is an iPod. Well, actually, I don't have a mum and dad. That's actually, I, and I'm from the north of England for some reason. That's actually symbol symbolic of a, a common issue, you could say these days. Yeah. Um, there's some research done to suggest that a lot of parents these days are working very hard. They're not spending as much. Both parents might work. Mm. Um, they're spending more time away from their family than ever. Mm. And there's evidence to suggest that to make up for this, they're buying their children more and more expensive. Gadgets and electronic products. Gadgets. Gadgets like computer games, Game Boys, uh, iPhones, whatever. But sadly, this doesn't actually make the children happier. Although they may think that they want an expensive present, the evidence suggests that happier children are the ones who simply spend more time with their families Mm. rather than being bought off. Bought off, there's a phrase, with expensive gifts. To be bought off, okay. I actually um, have read about this in the newspaper, and I know what you're talking about. Um, I'm just writing that down, to be bought off. Mm -hmm. Um, It's that these days, um, because of economic reasons and so on, um, in families, both parents go to work. And both parents have full-time jobs, which means that the kids often spend time alone or they spend time in uh, with with uh, babysitters or something or, or on the internet on facebook yeah they 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 don't have as much contact with their parents anymore and obviously the parents feel really bad about this and so at christmas in order to kind of make up for the fact that they haven't spent that much time with their kids they'll buy them these expensive um, consumer items like you know game boys and stuff 
as a designer sub- jeans designer jeans <laughs> as a, as you're really in touch with uh, what young people want these days and as a result um they, they they yeah they give them these things as a kind of substitute for their own love and care and attention which they can't give to their children it's a sad story it's sad i'm i'm welling up here are you welling, welling up? up go on well up then make, make it obvious <laughs> Welling up means almost literally imagine a well of water overflowing. Yeah, it's like when when, when tears. the tears are coming to your eyes. Yeah, you're not quite crying. You're nearly crying. You're welling up. By the so way, you watch Bambi. You'd probably be welling up by the end of that. Yeah, or any sort. Or of... near the middle. I can't remember whenever his mum dies. <clears throat> Does his mum die? Oh, Luke's welling up now. What? Bam- you tell him Bambi's mum dies. <laughs> okay. Um, Anyone, anyone out there who doesn't know what Bambi is, it's a Disney film about a deer. Um, do you know what a deer is? Well, you know what a deer is. I know what a deer is. A deer is, well, you know, Bambi. <laughs> okay, that's what a deer is. It's, a, it's an animal that lives in the forest. Um, Which brings us neatly onto Christmas food. I quite like venison at Christmas. What's venison? Um, it's actually deer meat. Oh, right. Which is why they killed Bambi's mum. What's so a, they could eat her. Really? Yeah. Very nice cutlets, quite clean, lean meat, not too much fat. Very nice with a glass of red wine. Quite gamey. Quite gamey, yeah, yeah. because it lives in the forest, eats oh, apples, oh stuff like that. God, the amount of language which is coming out of your mouth here is quite lean meat, you said lean. Lean meat means not much fat. Lean. So say you went to the butchers, you might ask for some lean meat. Lean meat, so that's meat without too much fat. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and a deer is a... Uh, deer is an animal a, that lives... A hoofed mammal. That, well, we, yeah, I, I hopefully, whenever I explain the word deer, and I do explain that word quite a lot for some reason, I always just say Bambi, and most of the students okay. know exactly what I mean. So deer. I've got a joke for you. Do you want to know what it is? Yes. Yeah? Uh, what do you call a deer? Now, like, take your time over this. Don't jump. Don't jump ahead. What do you call a deer with no eyes? Now, perhaps I should just explain... No... Wait, 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 don't jump ahead. I don't, don't know. You don't, don't know. know what <laughs> Very good. Deer, no what way. do you call a deer? Now, this is a joke. I'm telling a joke, <coughs> listeners. This is an old, a quaint English tradition. Um, a joke. So, what do you call a deer with no eyes? And the answer, the typical answer is, I don't I know. I don't know. You have to answer that, otherwise the joke doesn't work. That's the... That's the that's the way that jokes work. Okay, just accept it, okay? You ask a question, the, the person says, I don't know, and then you answer that with the funny With line. a humorous answer. Okay, so let's, let's just go back to the beginning <laughs> of this joke, okay? What do you call a deer with no eyes? I don't know. Well, the answer is, no idea. <laughs> okay, right. Dun. Okay, I've got another one, actually. What do you call a deer... With no eyes and no legs. I don't know. I don't know. Still no idea. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's going to take so long to I, explain. I'm here all week. Um, so, dear. So, Christmas food. Well, let's get on to that. The traditional Christmas meal is turkey, toy- which is a winged bipedal... <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We all know what a turkey is. It's like a big chicken, right? Big, okay, it's a big chicken. It's a big chicken. And the only reason they exist on earth now is so that we can eat them at Christmas. I think, you know, in England, oh, I really need to blow my nose. There's a bit of vocab. Vocab hunters. Luke's going to blow his nose now. 
which Blow means my nose. Well, firing snot out of his nasal <laughs> cavities into a piece of tissue paper. Right, I've got the tissue. My listeners are going to be treated to the oh audio explosion. God. It's the audio event of the year. Ladies and gentlemen, please uh, take your seats. The show is about to begin. So, drum roll. Ladies and gentlemen, please um, put your hands together for Luke blowing his nose. Silence in the auditorium, please. As Luke is uh, getting the tissue paper ready over his nose. And it's just about to blow. Here we go. Disgusting. But better that than sniffing. I think in some cultures that's really rude. Like mm. blowing your nose. Well, over here it's 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 not exactly loved, but it's much better than sitting there sniffing yeah, all day or wiping it on your sleeve s- or something. Sniffing is worse. Like sniffing is really... It's all on the time. tube, which is normally yeah. me because I forget to bring tissue with me and I'm yeah. <laughs> but disgusting. I, I know in some cultures that's considered to be very rude if you blow your nose. But, you know, this is Luke's English podcast. We're in London. It's not rude here. When if in you, Rome, wh- oh, God. blow your nose. Well, oh, Jesus. You need to explain these things when you say them. When in Rome is an expression, which is like an idiom that we use to say, when you're in a place, you should do things according to the customs of that place. So, when in Rome, live as the Romans do. Or when in Rome, do as the Romans do. When in London, you can blow your nose. But you still say, when in Rome. Yes. You don't say, when in London, do you? No, you don't. You say, when in Rome, because that's like the idiom. It's the idiom that covers the whole thing. Okay, so blow my nose. You know when you've blown your nose? Do you ever do you ever look? Uh, not when anyone's there looking, but yeah, it's actually quite useful because it helps you know how ill you are. Yeah. For instance, if it's very dark mucus, um, <laughs> means you're probably quite ill, and you should probably think about going to the doctor. Just to to maybe we should just move away. Two from words: that. snot and mucus. Um, snot. Is well, the snot and mucus are both words to describe the green stuff that comes out of your <laughs> oh nose God. when you're sick. All right, when okay. All right, let's move on. Moving on. I, I've got. I've actually written a list. Where I had a brainstorm about Christmas, and we've only dealt with about three items on this massive list. So we've got another. Um, I'd say we've got up to an hour for this episode. Ouch. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Trust okay, me. well, let's get on with it then. Um, so I've got uh, Christmas. Used to be a winter festival. We've dealt with that. Um, so for me, when Christmas starts is basically when Halloween has finished. Like in terms of the shops, the shops start putting up all their Christmas decorations, all their Christmas merchandise goes into the shops at the, right at the beginning of November. That's the kind of commercialization of Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a word we need to put yeah, down? Commercialis- commercialization. Commercialization of Christmas. Which means the sort of well, we know what commercial means. Making money. Okay. So commercialization is the act of making Christmas about spending money. Yeah, it's kind of capitalism, isn't capitalism, it? Capitalism, I suppose. Um so commercialization. And some people feel that Christmas is too commercialized or that they start merchandising mm. too quickly. So a lot of people think Christmas doesn't really start until mid-December. And so what what happens is... But um, a lot of people start early. The shops start in November or even earlier sometimes. You get lots of Christmas decorations in the shops. And what happens is you always hear people complaining about... um, uh, Oh, my God, you know, I went into Sainsbury's and they've already got their Christmas decorations up. It's absolutely unbelievable. It's only the 1st of November. 
I mean, God, what is the world coming to? Every year, don't mm. you hear someone saying that? Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do a and lot. People always get so. And those pissed people off. are quite boring, but they might have a point that it's a bit annoying being bombarded. There's a word. Oh my God, being bombarded. It just means attacked. It um, means being bombed. Bombed, basically bombed, like we were. Not yeah, personally. All right, all right. Let's stay away from <laughs> right, the kind of. Right. Don't um, mention the war. Yeah, being bombarded by something. Now the term originally means being bombed when people drop bombs on you right and we all know what that means but um if you're bomb you can also be bombarded by other things you can be like, visually bombarded yeah you can be bombarded by advertising or bombarded by merchandise yeah or bombarded by excessively loud music or yeah. terrible pop music okay. like bombarded by the x factor hype okay good example thank you um so, yeah, the shops basically start dealing with Christmas as soon as Halloween has finished. Then they put the decorations up, the lights go up in the centre of town and they switch on the lights. Um, some uh, Next one is the word uh, Scrooge. 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 Well, so, that's from A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. Yeah. Um, who was a... Victorian, at least, yeah. Victorian writer, yeah. was he? Yeah, it was nineteenth century. Nineteenth century, uh, quite famous. Great Expectations, that was him, wasn't it? Oliver, uh, Oliver Twist, Twist, Oliver Twist, uh, one of our great British London-based yeah. writers. He was a great writer because he wrote about the experiences of most working-class people in London. Yeah, as well as the upper-class people, but yeah. he 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 wrote about all all types of people. He wrote about, and yeah. he he's a good record of the time. Sorry, Luke thinks I'm talking over him here. Um, a bit like he was like the EastEnders of his day. Yeah, it's all about family. All about family. Although uh, some people might say EastEnders is a ta- trashy uh, soap, soap opera. opera. Do we know why soap operas are called soap operas? Ah, uh. because they're originally <laughs> mini operas, mini stories. Sponsored by soap companies. You're listening to James's English podcast. <laughs> um, so, what else? Scrooge um, is about um, a stingy uh, man. A miser. A miser. A miser is someone who only cares about collecting money. Stingy is someone who is mean, who's not generous with money. So, a stingy person, right? Um, and so, um, Scrooge is the character in this story by. Um, uh, Charles Dickens and Scrooge basically learns through this story that he should stop being so stingy and he should be more generous, right? And one of the things that Scrooge says at the beginning of the story is bar humbug, bar humbug. That's B-A-H, bar and humbug. I don't know what humbug actually means. I don't think it's a very commonly used word. It's It's just a sort of humbug it's a sort of uh, it's it's almost a sort of way of saying gibberish or rubbish nonsense or nonsense or it's like ah nonsense or there's a good another anglo-saxon word that starts with b which is oh, uh, bollocks bollocks we can say that it was proven in court that it's not a swear word the sex pistols named their album never mind the bollocks here's the sex pistols they got taken to court by the obscene's publications act i think or someone mm-hmm. and they fought it in court um the owner of Virgin Records, Richard Branson, went to court and he brought out a lot of manuscripts and texts showing that bollocks is a old British English word meaning the testicles. And as such, it was not just a gratuitous swear word. It was in the dictionary and was not offensive. It was just 
English. I reckon, right, some poor English teacher out there has, <laughs> has discovered this episode of Luke's English Podcast. And, gone, and he's crying. Hey, like some teacher in, I don't know, Canada or something, you, you know, some teacher from somewhere in, in like Japan has kind of gone, oh, wow, I've, I found this really neat episode of Luke's English Podcast where it's all about Christmas. I'm just going to, I'm going to, um, you know, just put the, put the CD on while my students are, um, you know, uh, in the classroom. While At I'm, recess. During, no. Well, while I'm, I'm going to mark their exam results and they can listen to Luke's English Podcast about Christmas. Little does she know that <laughs> we're talking she's. about... What's her name? I don't know, Jane. Um, and little does she know that we're talking about bollocks and snot and, and stuff like that. <laughs> I think we're meant to be talking about Christmas. Okay, we keep get talking on with about it. Bodily functions. So, but humbug—that's where we came. Bar humbug. It just means it doesn't oh, really it's mean not, anything. It, just, it means oh rubbish. It means oh nonsense. And that's what um, Scrooge says. So bar humbug. But we use the expression bar humbug as a kind of um, phrase. A saying which means, "Oh, I don't care about Christmas." It's not a very popular phrase, though. No, I've like never, I never hear people say I that. Just write so. it down because people do say it's that. It's worth pointing out an excellent version of Christmas Carol, which is the Muppets Christmas Carol, mm. featuring um, what's his name, Kermit the Frog. No, that the actor, Michael Caine, Sir Michael Caine. Yeah, you're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. And they're not going to get that. Solos, thousands of them. Wait till you say they're right to their eyes, lads. What my what my brother is, is doing is having drunk two cups of tea. He's getting a bit overexcited, and now he's doing Michael Caine impressions quite badly. But hello, I, Luke. My name's Michael Caine, and I, I'm here to talk to you about Christmas. <laughs> that sounded like Doug. That's not Michael Caine. The thing the thing about Michael Caine is that everything he says is said in groups, in small groups of words. Better. It's a little bit better than yours, but it's it's not good. By but anyway, he plays Scrooge in a Muppet's Christmas Carol, which is an excellent, excellent reimagining of the classic Dickens tale through Muppets. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> this is a crazy episode. You know. Go on, move on. This is like a slightly insane <laughs> episode. Um, so Christmas shopping. Uh, let let me talk for a bit. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, shut up. You brought me on this show to talk. Okay. And now all you're right. Me all right. You're back much. in the room. You can carry on. Um, I'm just trying to get through it in the next ten minutes. All right. I know I'm, I like the sound of my own voice um, as well. Maybe. So Christmas shopping. That's. It's probably the same in most countries. But here, you have to buy gifts for all your close members of your close family. So you have to do those trips into the centre of town which is a nightmare because everyone is aggressively trying to buy their gifts for their families. And so it's it's sort of becomes a bit... Um, it can be a little bit aggressive. A pain. Can we say that? It's a pain. It's a real pain. That's a popular English phrase. It's oh, pain. it's a pain. It's a pain it's in the neck. It's just a sort of an abbreviation of it's a pain in the neck or yeah. it's a pain in something else. Uh, but pain we say that quite a lot. Oh, it's a right pain. Oh, it's such a pain. Doing Christmas shopping. Yeah, it's a real pain. Because you go to Oxford Street and everyone in London has had the same idea as you. It's like, I'll go to Oxford Street and do my Christmas shopping and that'll be fine. And of course, the streets are totally crowded and you're kind of like bumping into people 
and stuff like that. And that um, kind of represents the worst thing about London. People say, you know, what's the best thing? What's the worst thing about London? The worst thing is just the sheer volume of people that live here, the number of people that live here. And so when the when those people all turn out at once, you get very big crowds, very hard to move. It gets very irritating and. You kind of get angry, you get stressed, and so does everyone else, and it's not a very nice experience. Yeah, you get angry. You, you get, get angry, you get, get stressed. stressed. You get stressed out, you get frustrated. You might say, I'm stressed, I hate shopping. He's like, or, oh, Christmas shopping's such a pain, all these idiots in my way. Yeah, get out of the way. But you wouldn't, you obviously wouldn't, you wouldn't say you, that. You're saying it to yourself under your you breath because we're English, you know, we don't say what we mean, obviously. In English, basically, <clears> what you say is, oh, sorry. Yeah, you say, sorry. Actually, which I, means which means get the hell out of my way. I was actually this thing about sorry. Mm. I was in the body shop the other day, yeah. trying to buy some gifts, and I clumsily knocked over like a little wooden um, sign. It had a wooden sign which said like twenty five percent off at Christmas, up to twenty five percent off. And this, and I picked up a bottle and, and with my elbow I knocked over the sign, and I you know I, I tried to catch it and it dropped on the floor. I was like, oh dear. And the the member of staff behind me went, oh sorry. And why is she saying that's, sorry? That's English for you. If you want to know the English psyche, that's it. In I a knocked nutshell. I knocked this sign off the shelf, and the woman behind me said sorry. What she really means is. Excuse me, get out of my way. I'll pick up that sign you've knocked over, you clumsy idiot. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, what yeah. sorry means in that instance. Yeah. Sometimes when we say sorry, it actually means sorry. I think it was like, sorry, you're an idiot. Sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry you were born this I'm way. sorry you're such an idiot. Yeah. Or, <laughs> I'm sorry you're in my shop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Let's we're get getting back. deep into the English so psyche here, aren't Christmas we? Christmas shopping. All right. Christmas cards. They're quite a big deal here. They've gone of kind of uh, fashion a little bit. They have used they? to be, well, people used to have Christmas lists, not lists, Christmas card lists, which would be everyone you know. You send them all a Christmas card, and it's a way of staying in touch with people you don't see very often. Mm. But I'd say the younger generation use them much less than the older generation. I yeah. think they they're slowly going out of fashion. Do you know that as a oh, phrase? That's out a good of phrase. fashion, going out, going of, out fashion. of fashion. Yeah. Going These are all sort of useful little stock phrases. Yeah, they're going out of fashion. Like Luke's haircut, for instance. <laughs> Thanks a lot. At least I've got hair. <laughs> Ouch. Um, so they're going out of fashion. Yeah, they're not as trendy as they used to be. Oh, I don't know about trendy. No one says trendy. All right. <laughs> I'd say the word trendy has gone out of fashion. <laughs> all right. Bloody hell. <laughs> but no, it's, they're not trendy. It's just, yeah, it's it's just falling out of favour. I'm just... Yeah, falling out of favour. It's more... Common Formal. and trendy. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. Uh, we agreed with going out of fashion anyway. We can say that. This is what. This is what. Uh, to be honest, this is what it's like when my brother and I get together. We do just argue with each other in a friendly way. We got sometimes we punch each other in a friendly way. Too. Yeah. We don't actually. We don't punch each other. Not recently. Not anymore. Um, so okay, Christmas cards. So our parents. They send Christmas cards. They still cards. send lots of... Have you sent any this year? No, I haven't sent any. No, neither have I. Never That's what any. I mean. I'm more likely to write on someone's Facebook page, have a wicked Christmas, lol, than I am to... Um, lol. lol. <laughs> no one actually says that. That's an ironic use of the internet abbreviation. L-O-L. Laugh out loud, but yeah. it just sounds funny. 
Yeah. So if, people say it in a, in a jokey way, lol. If you look on the if you look on YouTube, they know about lol. Yeah, everyone knows about lol. But L-O- you're not supposed to say it. L O L. Not everyone knows about lol. Honestly, it's not. Not everyone knows that. I I often teach that to students at school, and I say, you know what, lol. You know, lol. And most of them are like, yeah, yeah, we know lol. But then there's always a few people who go, no, what is lol? I don't know what lol. What is this lol of which you talk? Yeah, and um, then I have to say, lol, it means laugh out loud. Unless, of course, you're our mum, in which case it means lots of love, right? Which is lovely, isn't it? But sometimes (laughs) she she writes, because she, lol used to mean lots of love, right? I don't know if it ever meant No, it did, it did, it did. In letters, in abbreviations, in letters, lol meant lots of love, right? When you used... In the old days, when you used to write notes by pen, you know, mm. by hand and mm. stuff. Um, so mum still writes LOL at the end of her text messages, as if to say, well, really looking forward to seeing you this weekend. Uh, all the best, lots of love. Uh, all the best, lol. And it's like, why is she laughing at the end of her text messages? <laughs> She's not laughing. She's saying lots of love. Okay, yeah. what's next? Um, next thing is that uh, Christmas trees, we've already talked about that. Apparently they originally come from Germany but they were imported into England during the reign of Queen Victoria, who was married, of course, to Albert, who was the German prince, and he brought the tradition of having Christmas trees with him to England. In America, they've had Christmas trees for many years too. Uh, Many people believe that that's because many of the German... um, kind of connections they Im- have immigrants German immig- first going over to America German immigrants brought the tradition of Christmas trees into America as well um, and uh, let's see so no culture is really on its own is it huh. that's kind of a misnomer people not misnomer a mistake people seem to think that England is a sort of culture in itself where obviously there's many many influences that have come into this country the same in most of the, the world although I'm sure there's enclaves on, enclaves, on, enclaves, because uh, I'm sure it's a French word. Cambridge, um, I can't OED, OED, which is the Oxford Cam- English Dictionary. I prefer. Oh, he's going for the Cambridge one. Okay, uh-huh. I'm right. Enclave. Let's hear it, shall we? Should we hear it? Pronounced? Okay. Make it loud enough. Enclave. In your face, enclave. Well, I think it's open to interpretation. And and in America? Come on. Enclave. Enclave. You're going to believe that robot over me? Excuse me, Cambridge... You just told us how reliable Cambridge dictionaries are. Yeah, well, what's the origin of the word? Oh, no, 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 look, 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 look. Actually, look, there is another version of the uh, pronunciation... Enclave. So you can say you can enclave say, as you well. You can say either. But they both seem to say enclave, don't they? Well, yes, but I think... Enclave. Yeah, we've already had that, thank you. Does it say about the origin of the word, whether no. it's French or whatever? Oh, it probably is French, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that it's originally French. It doesn't make a difference to how it's actually pronounced in English. Well... It doesn't, I'm sorry. It doesn't. Anyway, you can use either. Um, enclave, or enclave. I prefer enclave. Yeah. <laughs> Oh dear! And almost an hour has passed. Let's get. Let's wind it up then. Okay. <clears throat> wind it up. There's another phrase let's, for let's, you. Let's wind it up. Let's kind of draw. Let's bring this episode to a close. Is there a good prodigy track called "Wind It Up"? You should check that out. You should link to that from here. Click <laughs> below now if you want to hear "Wind It Up" by the Prodigy. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to do that. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to 
Just go through the rest of the things. Just go through them. So other things, um, images of of Christmas. Um, You've got snow, of course, uh, white Christmas, they call it, when the snow has fallen. We had a white Christmas last year. That's right, but it's very rare rare. in this country, but sometimes you have a white Christmas on Christmas cards. Frank Sinatra. Shh, just be quiet for a moment, please. Um, Robins, these are birds, which you see on Christmas cards. Cute little birds with a red chest. That's a robin. Um, obviously there are other religious symbols like stars and stuff like that I mean obviously we're not anti we're not aggressive atheists we're just saying uh, you can celebrate Christmas without being overtly religious about it it doesn't have to be religious although we used to go to Christmas service didn't we when we were younger we did we used to be we used to be religious we were both baptised when we were children we were both baptised to be members of the Anglican Church we were, we were baptised. Is it Anglican yeah, Church? I thought it was Church of England. Same thing. <laughs> Shows how what much you, I you, know. What do you know? <laughs> Anglican Church of England, same thing. Right? Um, Henry VIII. Henry VIII, yeah, that's right. He um, he invented the Church of England so he could have multiple wives. He broke, not multiple, well, yeah, so he could Yeah, so divorce. he could remarry, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, okay. And that caused a big rift between England and the Catholic Church. Yeah, well, there was a big... Um, basically the Catholics in England were persecuted by the Protestants and they were chased down and many of them were killed and slaughtered and Catholic priests had to hide away from... It's ridiculous. I know, we're a very bloody history, this country. Yeah. Um, So obviously there are Christmas... We'll cover that another time. Christmas songs that we often listen to at Christmas time. On the radio, when you go to the pub, you hear these Christmas songs being played. Always the same things. You've got like, Do They Know It's Christmas by Band-Aid. Yeah, we should link to all these. I'll put I'll put some um, YouTube videos on the site and you can see these Christmas songs. Only it's a kind of a love-hate relationship. That's a good yeah, phrase. Yeah, a love-hate It's pretty obvious what that means, but it means you love it and hate it at the same time. Yeah. So there'd be things like Fairy Tale of New York by the... Um, Pogues. Pogues. I was going to say the Stooges then, but by the Pogues. That would be a different version, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, by the Pogues, which is a beautiful song, but you, once you've heard it, a million times it can get a bit grating but yeah. it's still great but at the same time and it can wait 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 it can be a bit grating grating can like a, hurt your ears like a cheese grater yeah mm-hmm. uh, but I still love that song what you're saying is that um, because at Christmas time we always hear the same songs over and over and over again they can be a bit frustrating but at the same time we love the songs yeah. because that when you hear them, you realise, ah, oh, it's Christmas. And also, some of them are very well-written songs, which is why they've lasted. Yeah, for another one is... Um, so here it is, Merry Christmas, every... Which is by Slade. It's Christmas! Which is a very kind of bawdy, kind of loud, brummy kind of drinking song. It's a, it's a glam rock classic yeah. from the 70s by a band called Slade. And the song is called Merry Christmas, Everyone. And it's um, it's a really, really well-known Christmas song here in England. And you kind of sing along to it when you've had a few beers and it's a kind of a bawdy sing-along. For me, that when I hear that song, it reminds me of being in the pub on Christmas Eve, uh, listening to, you know, like in the pub on Christmas Eve, surrounded by people having a good time, and then that song comes on and everyone starts singing along. Um, 
and there's that moment in the song where the lead singer goes, it's Christmas or something, <laughs> right? Yeah. It sounds a bit like a Muppet. What are the other good ones? Um, well, we've got other ones like Last Christmas by, by Wham. Wham. I love that uh, song. You, you, that is a genius song and uh, there's really good drum programming in okay, that song just, and also sh- the kind of sh- bell sh- tones are quiet. very, very, just very well quiet. done. Be quiet for a minute, please. Uh, we don't have much time. I just need to go through the rest of the things on the list, right? Um, I Wish It Could Be Christmas Every Day by Wizard, another classic Mistletoe and Wine by uh, Cliff Richard, which I don't like very much. I don't like. Oh, it's disgusting. What about the Mariah Carey one? That's good. Um, yeah. All I want for Christmas is you. Nice video of Mariah frolicking in the snow with a little dog with its little uh, antlers and reindeer antlers on. Yeah. Very, very cute. And the dog's not too bad either. Very funny. (laughs) And also you've got Merry Christmas, War Is Over by John Lennon and Yoko Ono. And um, so other things, we've got like carols, Christmas carols. I mean, like things like uh, Silent Night. Uh, Silent Night. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Good King Wenceslas. Good King Wenceslas, last look. These are Christmas carols. On the feast of Stephen. The- Christmas who, carols. Who was Stephen? I wonder. Another religious. He had a feast, of that's for sure. Um, I these- bet it wasn't in England, I bet it was in Jerusalem or yeah. somewhere in the Middle East. These are Christmas carols, and they're often sung by groups of children in the, in the town square. Uh, like with candles no they do they still still happens Go to, yeah it does still, still happen it does in still small happen. towns you get these you know um, silent not like that though. and they collect money for charity and then they spend it down the pub yeah and then you've got the 12 days of Christmas now I could do a whole podcast all about that song you know just on the first day of Christmas my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree on the second day of Christmas my true love gave to me um, what is it <laughs> wait a minute wait that's a minute. enough that's no no enough. I'm going to play that song oh, I've, got for... that. I've got that right here um, this is going to be maybe a two part podcast no let's just get to the okay, end of I just want to it. I just want to play this this song um, is this Mike going to pick this up yeah it is yeah yeah. It's a traditional. Do you know when it dates from, though? When yeah. was it written? I'm starting to feel quite Christmassy now. So, on the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. Two turtle doves and a partridge in a pear tree. Was so, it the same partridge in a pear yeah. tree as day one? Yeah, I think he's he's sent he's he's been given two partridges, two pear trees, and two turtle doves. Now, mm, I don't think it's intended that way. I know it sounds like that, but I don't believe that he's going to give her everything on the list every day. Surely, that, that's what they're saying. Yeah, but it's not that literal. Christmas, my true love gave to me. Tanks, two turtle doves and a partridge in a pear tree. No, but he only so sends that's, the that's three, three French hens on the third day. He doesn't send then another two. Well, that's what they're saying. You're reading too much into it. It's I'm not, not. I'm just taking it literally. That's the song what... wouldn't. They'd be like, oh, and also from the day two, I had those other things, and on the day one, that thing as well. Eventually, it's just an adding up game. It's just uh, a memory game. Taking the fun out of this. <laughs> On the fourth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. 
Three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. This is the best bit. Play Christmas, my true love gave to me five gold rings. Four calling birds, three French hens, Where's two stop turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. Yeah, that's kind of... You get the general idea. Yeah. I think that's probably a good moment for us to end this episode. Okay. Uh, I've got okay. loads of other things on the list. Let's just quickly skip through them. Or anything that really giving and out. receiving goods, uh, uh, giving and receiving gifts. We've, we've kind of covered that. Wrapping gifts up in wrapping paper, listening to Christmas music while you're doing it. The obligatory winter cold, which you always pick up we've at done. this time of year, which we've done. Uh, Travelling back to your parents' house, which which we've already done. Driving home for Christmas. Driving home for Christmas. Chris Rear. And also a little phrase, what are you doing for Christmas? What are you doing for Christmas? What are you doing for Christmas, Luke? I'm just going back to my parents' house. There you go. That's that covered. It's a bit of social English for you. There you go. What are you doing for Christmas, James? Oh, I'm going to shoot up to Birmingham and uh, see my friends and family. Lovely. Uh, Christmas movies. There's always like movies um, that are filmed around the Christmas period. Like, for example, Die Hard. The Die Hard movies seem to take place at Christmas. For some reason, Bruce Willis always seems to be fighting terrorists at Christmas. Why is that? He's he's not very lucky, is he, as a a person? It's just... So Christmassy, I don't know. There's always a there's, there's always some sort of action hero killing people at Christmas. I don't know why. Um, for, um, when we go home, we relax, but our mum actually is even busier than she normally is because she has to cook all the food. She has to like organise everything. She's responsible for like managing Christmas. So you know, respect to, to mum. Respect to your your mother and um, help out where you can. Do the washing up. Like I never do. That's right. No, yeah. I do. I do sometimes. Um, and uh, we give gifts, and it's like romantic. It can be a romantic time of year with your girlfriend, right? Yeah. You're buying something yeah. special yeah, for could... your girlfriend. I don't know. Yeah, something. I'm not sure you what should yet. Do. Should I'm going to get her something. I just don't know what right. yet. I'm going right. to get her something. Don't, don't overreact. She likes cider. I might get her a big vat of cider. Big, Is that romantic? A big plastic <laughs> bottle of cider. It's not really very. Romantic. That was a joke. That was a joke. Yeah. You're meant to buy, like, a bit of jewellery, maybe, something special. Yeah? Okay, I'll think about it. I'll I'll get us some jewellery, something special. Okay. Um, Christmas Eve, we've talked about, kids get excited. Christmas Day, of course, is when you have, like, your meal of turkey. That's when you open the Christmas presents. And that's when also you fall asleep in front of the television. Can I just point out, a lot of British people drink a lot of alcohol at Christmas. Yeah, too much. It's kind of a cliché, but it's also true that a lot of people just drink a hell of a lot and it's kind of part of the, the ritual, part of mm. the fun of it, but it's also a bit sad in a way. Yeah. But another reference, as well as watching EastEnders Christmas, which you should watch, which are really horrible. There's always something horrible happens on EastEnders at Christmas. You should watch a, a sitcom. You can probably find it on YouTube called The Royal Family. It's not our royal family, the king and queen. It's a, a, a play on that and it's spelled R-O-Y-L-E. It's royal with an E on the end, and it's about an ordinary working-class family in the north of England. Very working-class, yeah. and it's very funny. Yeah, it's good. It's a good show. Check that out. Also, you get the Queen's speech. Um, the Queen does a speech every Christmas Day, which is pretty boring, really. It's really boring, but yeah. it's a tradition to watch it, and yeah. we all go, ooh, and, yeah. And then the Queen comes on, you know, and she goes, 
this year I've been involved in a number of charity events <laughs> during the year. And, and then she goes, this has been my Annus Horribilis. No, she doesn't. Which you have to know Latin to understand. She says, this has been my 52nd year as Queen of the Realm. It's been a turbulent year. I know there have been some riots. And, <laughs> but, and I would like to extend my gratitude to... The uh, Secret Service agents for not shooting that bloke what punched Camilla with a piece of wood during the London riots. <laughs> oh dear, no one's going to understand what we're talking about. Um, we're taking the mickey out of our Queen because it's our mickey. right. Taking the mickey. That taking means the mickey. Making fun. Or in a more coarse way, taking the piss. I hope you don't mind me saying that, Luke. But I don't mind. If you say taking the piss, that's a very British thing to do, which means joking at someone yeah, someone making, else's expense making fun of someone but right? it's also a good thing to be able to take that yeah. and take the piss back but not to be too offended because it's how we get our, our humour basically what my brother's trying to say is that in England we often make fun of each other but it's the same everywhere you know yeah, it's the same but everywhere. some people aren't always sure because we like to do it in a dry way which is yeah. not always obvious we, it's a joke we do it in a sarcastic kind of way um, which, which, um, if you're not used to it, if you watch English people in the pub, it looks like they're just insulting each other, and they are, <laughs> and they are, but they're also just making fun. But it's yeah. the same everywhere. Like I, when I lived in Japan, I used to hang out with Japanese people, and they just insulted each yeah. other all the time okay. too. It's the same thing. Same international. So um, Christmas, another thing you should go on. Luke's English podcast, yeah, not James's English podcast. Okay, I've got to put him in his place sometimes. You can be a bit, uh, Bloody, yeah. be a bit over the top. A bit so touchy, isn't he? I just, I'm just trying to finish this off. Wind it up. So, um, okay. Finally, Boxing Day. So, what? Uh, the 24th is Christmas Eve. The 25th is Christmas Day. The 26th is Boxing Day. Why do we call it Boxing Day? No one really knows. There are <laughs> various, don't. there are various theories about it. What, like nobody really knows. There are various theories. One theory is that uh, it's when uh, the employers in factories would give gifts to their employees and they'd put those gifts in boxes, so Boxing Day. That's one theory. Another theory is when you like uh, take all of the um, presents and things that you've been given, you put them in boxes and take them home, right? Or another theory is that you put like um, all of the wrapping paper and the decorations and things back into a box, are you what, sure what, this isn't? These are just theories. What's from it? you? Have you looked this up yeah, on I've, YouTube? Yeah, on, yeah, on Wiki. Yeah, and no one knows what Boxing Day is. Well, why it's called? Go on, Boxing you tell Day. me why. Well, I don't know. I'm just wondering if you've done your research. Oh, God's sake! I think you should. I've, be... I've done loads of research because I get every year. Okay, guys, if you know why Boxing Day is called, guys, <laughs> listeners, <laughs> if you know why Boxing Day is called Boxing Day, just write it in the comment or email Luke. Yeah, or better still, just send him some money. I think, yeah, that would be good. That's the best way to show your gratitude. I think buy him a pint. Buy me a pint. I think uh, I think that's the end of this episode. Can I just another little reference? You should watch the original British sitcom The Office, not the American one, the British one, Ricky Gervais one. Check out The Office Christmas Party on YouTube because that's a good example of a kind of traditional English scene in a kind of slightly sad way. And in a funny way, and it shows. Wait it's hard to explain. Wait a minute, you're talking about um, a TV show called The Office. Yes. And um, there's an episode of The Office called The Christmas Special, and in that episode, um, there's a Christmas party, and that's quite a good um, 
it's quite a good um, down to earth. Whoa, 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 whoa! It just shows people what a typical English office party at Christmas is like. And basically, an office party at Christmas involves all of the staff in the office getting drunk together and probably making fools of themselves, like doing something stupid in front of the boss because, because you're they're drunk. drunk. And the other things are that you, you end up getting off with uh, someone at work. If you're lucky. That getting off with basically means kissing, you know? So you'd snog or get off with or kiss someone at work because you're drunk, right? And then, like, you know, the next week you regret it. It's like, oh, my God, I can't believe I got off with Sandra at the office party. And the other cliche... I wish. The other cliche at the office party is that when you're drunk, you go to the photocopier and you photocopy your bum <laughs> or, or another part of your body. Um, I think that's international. Yeah, that's that's the uh, Christmas office party. That's it. That's the end of this episode. <laughs> it's been um, a bit fast and a little bit disorganised and slightly... Um, stupid. Stupid. But in the end... You know, that's what life is like, isn't you it? Get <laughs> it's a bit fast, it's disorganised, it's a bit stupid. Yeah, and no one really knows what the point of it is. No one really, in the end, they, it doesn't really conclude in a... In a Satisfactory a, way. There's no happy endings. In, in life, no. You just slowly sink into... <laughs> I, I, I expect that most people have stopped listening yeah. at this point. If you've anyway. made it this far, thank you. And as a little bonus, we'd like to present Luke... Singing a song. I'm Take a, it away, Luke. I'll sing a song. Yeah. Um, a Christmas song. Are you going to make one up or are you going to no, sing gonna, a classic? I'm going to try and just come up. I don't have any of the lyrics. I don't have any of the chords. I'm just going to try and do it. So. No, I can't even. So, I'll sing it. So, this is Chris. Chris. Not that. Not that key. You can't so sing that. So, this is Christmas. Christmas. What have you done? Another year over And a new one just begun A very merry Christmas And a happy new year We can edit that. Let's hope it's a good one Without any Right, that's terrible. That's it. Absolutely terrible. That's it. Thanks you, for sticking with us. You've been listening to Luke's English Podcast. Have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And uh, I'll catch up with you again in the near future, right? Yeah. Merry Christmas, everybody. Have a lovely time. Bye. Bye, 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 bye. bye. Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.podomatic.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.